feels like it's been so long since I wrote to you, even though it was literally just yesterday. After we stopped Mooney and his gang from scaling the cool sun rock in the cavern, the Darmanitan chased them and brought back Ringo, one of his lackeys. We interrogated him and he sang like a canary, right, Sealy? Okay, fine. A canary that was narcoleptic. But still, the Ninetales who was in charge told us that their rock is actually called the Radiant Stone and it's super magical. And then she gave it to us and now Darla can talk. Tang decided to stay behind at the hot springs, though, and Sully was crying like a baby. Whew, I get it. But now it's a new day, and nothing could possibly distract us from getting to Criminy City. Let's go! Everybody! Oh, Lord! All the trainees! Oh, Lord! All the pokies, PFP is here. Who is back? All right. This one goes out to you, those loyal listeners. All right. Cue the fog machine. Here we go. Oh my God, Pearl's back again. It's like saying hello to a long lost friend. Gonna bring the fun, gonna bring some sass. Gonna beat Team Nasty and punch their Ort. Am I original? Ort, ort. Am I playing Pocket Monster Fight? Ort, ort. Was that too meta? Ort, ort. Is it all just a game in my head or is this whole world real? Everybody. Ort, ort. All the trainees. Ort. Sounds like you're ready to go. Well, I was just finishing up my toothbrush karaoke. Let me get my bottom teeth really quick. Uh, well, okay, because we're heading out here in uh, just a bit. Uh, okay, I'm brushing. Silly, hit off the music. Or so you leave the bathroom. <laughs> hey, everybody, wow. we are back. <laughs> I'm glad that was the first legitimate sentence that was said. Yeah, so you leave the bath. It feels feels like a good way back in. It does. Oh my gosh, my friends! Hello, hello, hello! It is our first real, real official episode back. But you know what? They probably feel not like they're probably like cool oh, it's guys. Like, nothing like for this you is all. like you just nothing. had a couple of weeks, you know, with the bonus episodes and stuff. If you listen to those, hope you enjoyed them. If you didn't, welcome back. I, if you didn't listen to them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we are so happy to be here after our hiatus of not recording these. But thankfully, uh, it has not been that long for you all. Because we haven't recorded since February. February. It's been since That's February. That's my last notes. That's insane. And it's June. And that was not our intention. It was not. But you know what? Things happen. Uh, but we're here now. We're rocking a new game. We're playing Pocket Monster Fight now. Made to buy the one and only Jonah Jackson. hey Cue the crowd. Crowd, crowd, crowd. <laughs> so let me just also say, I feel like a child learning how to walk again. And a really cool listener, Justin, sent in some cool, tiny, itty baby dice. Some tiny baby dice. The tiny baby, the tiniest little dice you've ever seen. And they're meant for the Pokemon. Some little itty bitties. But because I'm officially awful at this game now, <laughs> again, I've I've demoted myself. <laughs> to itty bitty baby? Yeah, I've, it, I've demoted myself to the tiniest dice. <laughs> because... Yes, my Pokemon will use them, Justin. I assure you they'll be used for the correct cause. But right now, I'm just stepping into it, and it's baby step time for this player over here. So when in doubt, baby steps, baby dice. She grabbed as many D6s as she can from the from the pile of tiny dice. I love them. <laughs> tiny dice ASMR. Tiny! <laughs> but I feel ready. Do you feel ready, John? I feel ready. I feel as ready as I'm going to feel. So let's do it. I'm just, I'm just excited to be back. 
We're gonna we're gonna ease our way back in, folks. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, where we last left off with the interrogation of Ringo and then just sort of resetting and, and getting ready to go to Criminy City. Uh, luckily, we weren't in the middle of, you know, some sort of big fight or, or some other really inconvenient spot. Uh, we ended with a nice, nice, easy breezy long rest after some sparring, and we're going into the city today. We're taking a, taking a ride into town today. Nice. Yeah, so this could have been a lot more difficult than it is. Um, we could have been going into the solar cairn or doing something Oof, else. I'm so thankful that's not the case. Oh, man. Or been in the fighting tournament already, which would have been even worse. But we're not. We're on the road. So as you all are getting ready to leave Sully's dugout, Luca yes. does knock on the door. He does knock on the door. And I start to leave. Yes. And then um, Mudslide grabs me by the collar, <laughs> sits me down, and forces me to br brush my teeth properly. Yes, <laughs> Mudslide the Kangaskhan does uh, sit you down right there in front she of the grunts. sink. She's like, you know. She's got her arms crossed and like watches. And you and Pebble are simultaneously yes. next to each other brushing your teeth. Yes, yeah, yeah. We do the full two minutes and we, you know, get one spit, only one. <laughs> wow, I don't know how you've been doing this so long, Pebble. Good. <laughs> and uh, so two minutes later, then we do leave. Great, nice. Yeah, you do leave. So, uh, the current setup. Who have you got in your party for today's journey? Fanta, Mudslide and Pebble, Darla, Levy, and Jackie. Nice, and Seely tagging along as a non-combatant. Of course. Nice, out of the ball and chilling. Yeah. Nice. As much as she can be, I yeah. guess, since she can't really flop over uh, Tangerine along with you. Great. And then Luca is rocking Max, Hercules, Lotza, Clefairy, and Roxanne with Tufus just riding on the back of Dozer. And additionally, after uh, y'all's adventure yesterday, I think that Sully was a little bit inspired seeing Luca's uh, creative use of uh, Rhyhorn, not typically thought of as a as a beast to traverse the plains atop the back of. Uh, but in order to transport your captive currently, your wanted fugitive that you're uh, taking to town, she has withdrawn from her PC since she does not have Tang right now from her uh, PC full of uh, many pokies from her many years of training, uh, she's got her Pyroar with her. Pyroar! Yes. A powerful lady Pyroar uh, who does have that long flame mane similar to Sully's big silver ponytail. Whoa! That's all Pearl says when she sees that Pyroar. <laughs> Whoa, good morning, Sully! Might I say you look Fabulous today. You got a good glow going on. Oh, well, that's probably just the, the flame in Maine. You know how it is. Yeah. Wow, I do now. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, so I don't cradle Luke over here with his uh, uh, raw horn. I decided I'll get my own kind of mount out for the day. I don't have a saddle, so I'm just going to bareback it. Uh, we'll just kind of flop Ringo over the back. It'll be fine. Is that good with you, Ringo? Sure. I put an apple slice in his mouth. <laughs> he eats it and he says, apple a day. Keeps the pearl away. A wish. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't actually flop him over. He's still uh, tied up. And I think that she has confiscated his pokeballs over the course of the long rest. I believe you all have been made aware of the fact uh, from Sully telling you that the Kecleon is still in the ball, but the Zeb Strika was not. Oh, that sucks. He was separated from the Zeb Strika. Uh, I actually feel bad about that. Yeah. Oof. So That's hard. If we see it, I want to try to get it back for him. Get it back for him, yeah. yeah. Yeah, in in the ruckus, it got teleported with the rest of. Uh, they don't call themselves that because they don't have time for team names and all that nonsense. But I like to call them the Moon Riders. <laughs> uh, but it got teleported away with all of them uh, as he was pulled off of it by one of the uh, very uh, unhappy Darmanitan. But Sully made sure to tend to the Kecleon even as it was KO'd and everything. So Kecleon is, is fine and okay, but its Pokeball is not at Ringo's disposal. Okay. <laughs> uh, and she's not flopping him over the Pyroar as much as she's just going to have, have him ride on back. Yeah. Okay, that lines up more. Yeah, no, she's, she's not got him, like, fully hogtied. I think that he sort of realized the I situation imagine. that he's in right now. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, he's he's not fully flopped over and gonna have to ride for like a full day and a half, like on on his tummy on the back of this. That's lion what I was thing. like. And you thought I was being mean by leaving him with the monkeys? I don't know. No, 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 no. Y'all are treating him okay, all things considered. <laughs> So, with all of that in mind, then, is there anything else that you want to do here at Sully's Dugout before you all leave this morning on your way to Criminy City? No, I don't think so. Great. As you all are getting ready to disembark, Luca and Sully were uh, chatting about the uh, sort of ride time uh, while you were in the bathroom doing your uh, musical teeth brushing number under the supervision of Mudslide. And Luca says, yeah, all right, so uh, looks like we'll be on the road all of today and then most of tomorrow, depending on, you know, how much training we get in, stuff like that, we should get into Criminy City by tomorrow evening, so. Okay. Yeah, uh, which still leaves us uh, with a full day before the actual tournament, so we'll be able to get signed up and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I don't know. I woke up really feeling really nervous about that tournament. Yeah, how come? Um, It's kind of like really big, I thought. Like, you know, like sometimes when you look up at the sky and you see a star, and then you look at the other stars, and then you realize how small you are compared to that burning star. And then you keep thinking about the world, and it gets bigger and 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 bigger. Just like a tournament! So are you nervous about the other trainers? Yeah. And like myself. What, that you're like not as strong as some of the other people who might be there? I feel weak today. Look at my hands. What am I holding? Tiny little baby dice. She doesn't say that. Too meta, too meta. Those are, those are TDB. Gulliver baby dropped them from his mouth into my hand. <laughs> Who did? Or not Gulliver? Um, what's the what's the Wingle? The Wingle. Oh, the Pelipper. Yeah, yeah. That I shove stuff in there. <laughs> we can by. we can just call that one Gulliver if you want. That's fine. We'll cross the streams a little bit. <laughs> oh, that is funny. You know why I was thinking that now. That's really, really funny. Yeah, I know. Gulliver, Gulliver the Pelipper just uh, dropped off a bunch of tiny dice uh, begrudgingly. Uh, Give me a slap in the face, too. <laughs> <laughs> really shook my confidence. It's fine, Luca. It's fine. Let's ride. I think once we get out there, start doing our thing. Yeah, well, I mean, that's also the good thing. We're not in a rush. So, you know, whatever training we want to do, we can, we can, you know, make sure we feel like we're in a good spot to sign up for this thing. Yeah. Take that, she looks to the captive. <laughs> and she goes, I'm free, man. I'm as free as I can be. Yes, and? Yeah, I mean, like, you never had that freedom before in your life. You don't even know what freedom is because you've been Mooney's pet. Well, I did. I was actually pretty free until I wasn't. And he holds up his tied hands. <laughs> you know what you did. <laughs> <laughs> So you all hold head on, out. Hold on, hold what? on, hold on. You don't head out. We're, you we head on. out, but I have the stone, right? The radiant stone? Yeah. Yes. Good. I just had a thought. Does he know we have that? That's a good question. Thank you. Have you... This is actually a, a very good point of clarification. All right, so you have it. Yeah. He was knocked out before it was bestowed upon you. Yeah? Yeah, no, he was. Okay. Because uh, I edited that episode not that long ago, and okay. then we released to it, yeah. So, I mean, I, I remember that. I'm just trying to remember, yeah, those current events and stuff. He was knocked out before you all talked to Ninetales mm -hmm. and proceeded to be unconscious throughout the duration of that conversation. It wasn't until y'all were back, like, on the way to Sully's that he was back up and everything. So unless you have taken it out of your bag or brought it up in conversation, I would say that Ringo does not know that you have the Radiant Stone in your possession. Cool. Then I'm, I'm going to say that, that I haven't done that. Cool. But I would like to make a perception check on him. On Ringo? Yeah. What are you trying to figure out about Ringo? And I'll tell you which of the pocket monster fight basic moves to use. I'm trying to figure out if he's going to try anything funny, like try to break out, try to steal from us. Would like, you what say is that his you level are, of I'm going to mess with you guys? Would you say that you are uh, going to attempt to, oh, I don't know, perceive motive? Yeah, that's exactly right. I couldn't have said it better. <laughs> Perfect. To perceive motive, roll 2d6 plus instinct. Come on, tiny baby dice. The tiniest dice. Ooh! <laughs> plus instinct? Yes. 
I got a 12. Nice. Five and six plus one. Excellent, excellent. Thank you, baby dice. Thank you, baby dice. So, uh, perceive motive. Whether you're having a conversation or eyeing them across the room, you've got your sights set on them. Paying attention to their body language, speech, and mannerisms. You peek below the surface. When you perceive motive, you roll plus instinct. So these questions are typically answered in the form of, like, the character's observations rather than, like, directly asking. So I think this works perfectly with what you're trying to do. You're just getting a read on where he's at and what he's up to uh, rather than asking him directly, hey, what are you doing? Yeah, um, I've had a lot of dead ends with that. Yeah. So the questions that you could ask uh, on a 10 plus, you ask two on a seven and nine, ask one. And then on a miss, you still ask one, uh, but it could be misleading, unhelpful or, or a false assumption. Uh, but so uh, these are just examples of the questions that you could ask to sort of guide, you know, what you're trying to figure out. If you have something that's not exactly this, but is along these lines, ask it and we'll see. But examples would be like, what is your next move? Are you telling the truth? How do you really feel? What is most important to you right now? What are you hiding? Are some basic perceived motive questions. Alrighty. I would say, what are you hiding? Okay. And the other one? Do you have intentions to try an escape and or stab us in the back? Mm, okay. I mean, stab us in the back isn't necessarily... I mean, it wouldn't be any backstabbing. It would just be front stabbing. But <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's no like. Oh yeah, like, there's no but false sneak up like. Sneak on us, dupe us when we fall asleep tonight. Right, something right, right, like right, that. Right. Shenanigans. Uh huh. So what is he hiding? What he's hiding, I think, is just he's attempting to hide any intentions that he may have of trying to escape or whatever. Like as of this point, right? He seems to have sort of resigned himself to this is what's happening. Uh, he is outnumbered, and he currently does not have any of his Pokemon. Uh, so you gather that he is, he's, you know, just trying to cover up the fact that if he does have any sort of plan, he's sort of playing like, well, you got me. Uh, and he begrudgingly, but, you know, it, that is what it is. Uh, but I would say, uh, does he have any plans to, to front stab? <laughs> um I think just keeping an eye on him throughout the little bit of the morning as you all start to ride, just kind of glancing back every now and then as you are riding atop Tangerine uh, and he's on the back of Sully. It seems as though he does not have, from what you can tell, an immediate plan or means of doing so, but you gather that if he got a chance, he'd probably take it at this point. There you go. That lines up. Yeah. But it seems as though, as far as you can tell, it doesn't seem like he is, like, plotting anything, but he's keeping an eye out if he gets any kind of opening to get away from you all. Okay. Yeah. We're on the road. You're on the road. And as you all are riding along toward the west, making your way toward Criminy City, are you doing anything in particular? Are you checking out the area, looking for anything, seeing if there's any pokies? I like to see if there's any berries. Any berries, great. Uh, if you want to look around and see if there's any berries or anything that you can use, that would be a survey environment roll. I'm going to use my extra tiny. Extra tiny dice. Hot dating dog, extra tiny. Do I add anything? It is 2d6 plus instinct for survey wow, environment. Wow, another 12, a wow, 6 and a 5. Wow. Extra tiny. This was the right choice. Okay, so uh, you're in a new place and getting your bearings, or maybe you're somewhere you've been before, but something's different. Either way, you know the smart thing to do is check your surroundings, and when you survey environment, you roll plus instinct. On a 10 plus, you ask two questions from the list. On a 7 and 9, you ask one from the list, and on a miss, you find out something about this place that you didn't want to know. Mm -hmm. uh, and you can do this in two ways. You, you, you got to specify before you do it, so we'll just go with the standard one, but you can ask from this list, or uh, since you are past level four, uh, once a player reaches level four, they can also use survey environment to try to identify what types of Pokemon are in an area. Uh, and, you know, whatever you get kind of determines how many you can figure out. But with your 10 plus, you can ask two from the list below. What happened here? Is this area safe? What's hidden here? Am I heading in the right direction? Or is there a resource here I can use? And if you're specifically trying to like look for berries and stuff like that, or apricorns or whatever, you could just ask, is there a resource here I can use twice? Yeah, that's what I'm going to ask. Great. Looking around, you see that there are uh, a couple of trees as you are making your way along the path. Well, not really along the path, just across the plains, making your way just 
westward uh, throughout the early morning here and heading into the early afternoon. As you're going along, you do find a berry tree. Holla. You find a rost berry. And then you also find an apricorn tree. Oh, nice. And you do find a black apricorn. A gnarled black apricorn tree out here in the plains. But those are the resources that you accumulate uh, throughout the morning portion of y'all's ride. Aside from that, it's been pretty uneventful up to this point. Uh, With as large of a crew as y'all are riding with, there's not a ton of wild Pokemon that are actively choosing to step to you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But if you would like to uh, look around and see if there's any that you could uh, find to try to battle with, uh, you could do so. Yeah, I'll have Jackie be active, and if there's something that looks extremely weak, we'll go for it. (laughs) Uh, Are you looking to, like, train Jackie, trying to get some experience for Jackie? Yeah. Cool. All right, so uh, you have Jackie, and Luca's going to just have lots of out. Bear squad, bear babes, so y'all can both look around and see if there are any interesting Pokemon as y'all are riding along through the southern Podostroma Plains here, making your way westward. Uh, So would you like to try to figure out any specific types that are in the area by surveying the environment or you just want to look for it and see what happens? Look for it and see what happens. Great. So for those of you thinking about running your own uh, Pocket Monster Fight game at home, uh, depending on sort of how many different options you want to have for wild Pokemon or if you want to have something be particularly rare, I suggest either having your players roll 2d6 or 3d6 for your roll charts. I'm going 3d6 because I like throwing rare things on the top end. So, Sarah, will you please roll 3d6 for yourself? Gladly. Three mini d6. Three tiny d6s. Oh, wow, they're all four. Oh, okay, so 12 for you. Mm-hmm. Great, and then will you roll 3d6 for Luca as well? Oh, wow, okay, 12. Great, two 12s. You got a five, a four, a three. Great. 12 for both of you. Hey, honestly, I hope that 12 would have gone with something chiller. Well, it's 12 out of 18, so it's not. Okay, great, great. That actually works out perfectly for where y'all are at and who you're training. Uh, because as you are making your way through the Podostroma Plains, uh, you see a Buffalant and a Tauros. Cool. Go ahead and roll initiative. Hello, friends. Jonah here to say thank you for listening to this episode of Postcards from Pearl. We are thrilled to finally be bringing you our first official episode using Pocket Monster Fight. We hope you've enjoyed the bonus episodes over the past few weeks. At the time of this episode's release, we've already recorded all the way up to episode 78, which is super exciting. There's a lot of awesome stuff coming up. With that said, these first few episodes, we had to get our bearings a bit, and we also realized some mechanical things needed tweaking along the way so we came back into recording with pmf beta 1.5 we've since transitioned to 2.0 and i'm currently working on another update that will probably be up in the next week or so so know that if you notice any gameplay stuff that seems weird or clunky or anything like that we know it is and have either already fixed it or are working on fixing it and if you want to play the most up-to-date version of pmf you can hop in the discord download it and give it a try I've got a reminder here. This is the last call for question and voice message submissions for Mordecai's Mailbox, our Patreon Q&A series, which is available for patrons of all levels. We're covering a lot of episodes all the way from number 45, Personal Day, to 71, A Good Old Fashioned Interrogation. We've gotten a bunch of great questions already. We've gotten some fun voicemails, but we would like even more. And if you would like to submit questions for the Q&A, you can do so by tweeting at us, posting in the Discord, sending us an email, or sending us those voice recordings. We have been prioritizing building our backlog of PFP episodes while we've had some extra time. So you, Lucky Ducks, got some extra time yourself to submit all of those but the for real deadline to send that stuff in is the end of this weekend so make sure to send us those questions asap don't miss your chance don't throw away your shot 
I'd like to take a moment to tell you about our fabulous partner, Dice Envy. This week, check out their whole collection of Cyberpunk's Dice. They've got the original Edge Boss and Red Run, but they've also added a lot more of these combination metal and enamel dice sets, and they're all so dang cool. If you're looking to add to your dice hoard, you can get 10% off of your purchase at Dice Envy by going to DiceEnvy.com slash QuestCo or by using the promo code QuestCo at checkout. That's Q-U-E-S-T-C-O for 10% off of your entire order. If you're a fan of what we do here on Quest Company Jr. and you would like to give us a boost, please go over to our page on the Apple Podcasts app or wherever you listen to your podcast and leave us a rating and review. We really want to continue increasing our visibility and reaching new people with this podcast, especially now that we're playing a brand new game. Uh, and you leaving us a nice rating and review is a big and easy way that you can help us do just that. And if you really love what we do here at Quest Company Jr. and you would like to take that next step in supporting us, please consider becoming a Patreon subscriber. For as little as $2 a month, you can help us with necessary expenses, help us continue to improve the quality of the show, and get access to exclusive content like our Q&A episodes and patron rewards like real postcards from Pearl. We'll actually be sending out the latest round of those in the next week or so. Huge shout out and thank you to our newest patrons, MB, Kyle, and Scott. Thank Thank you so much for supporting the show and for contributing directly to the work that we're doing on and off mic, which includes making this new game. If you'd like to give us that support, you could do so at patreon.com slash quest company podcast. You can find the link to the Patreon on our website, questcompanyjunior.com. And if you'd like to contact us, you could do so directly through our website or by finding us on Instagram and Twitter at Questco Junior. You can also come hang out with us in the Discord. The link to that's on our website and Twitter. We know that word of mouth is the best way to get people listening to a new podcast, and that is especially true for independent shows like ours. So we would love to see you posting about the podcast and telling your friends about us. If we see you tweeting about us or posting fan art using hashtag Junior or hashtag postcards from Pearl, you might get a character named after you on the show. And if you have fan art of the podcast that you want to share, just make sure when you post it to tag us so that we can see it. And speaking of fan art, we've gotten some more awesome art sent to us since our last episode. Thank you to Fisher Peach at Peach Doodles over on Twitter for an amazing piece featuring Pearl and Seely face to face with Giratina. If you haven't seen that, go check out our Instagram and Twitter where we'll be sharing it or on the fan art page of the website where we've got a gallery of all the art that fans have sent us. Quest Company Jr. is a proud member of Podicon Go, a group of independent podcasts supporting high-quality content that's fun for the whole family. Podicon Go is your reliable corner of the internet for the kind of podcast that everyone can enjoy, with shows ranging from animal facts to stories to audio dramas to RPG actual plays and more. Check them out at podicongo.com. This week, we want to highlight the Newsy Jacuzzi podcast. You'll hear their promo at the end of these announcements. I'd like to take a moment to thank the amazing artists whose music is featured in this episode. Thank you to Foolboy Media for the song Video Game Land. Thanks to Braxton Burks and Materia Collective for the songs Battle vs. Wild Pokemon, Johto, and Hoenn versions and The Road to Fall Arbor Town. Thank you to Michael and Game Chops for the song Azalea Town. Thank you to Glitch X City for the songs Hoenn Root 113 Remix and Black and White Root 10 Remix Version 2. Thank you to Insane in the Rain Music for Dusty Dance Route 111. Thank you to Silent Partner for the song Stomping Grounds and thank you to Joseph Cash for the technical difficulties, Samba. And thank you to TabletopAudio.com for providing the ambient sounds. That's all for me, so let's get back to the action. Thank you for joining us here at Quest Company Jr. Over here! Hey, 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 hey listen up! Hello, I'm leadership Shanga Prickett, and this is my mama. I sometimes go by the name of Lindy Prickett. And we produce a children's news podcast called Newsy Jacuzzi. It's world news aimed at children between 8 and 12 years old, but we found a lot of adults like it too. We cover art, culture, and entertainment, sports, and the world of wow. Which is... Science! And by science, we mean up in space, down in the sea, animals roaming the earth... With faces on their butts. If you're a cow in Botswana, Africa, perhaps, yes, we did that story. And the heroic rat sniffing out explosives in Cambodia. And the explosive fly trap in France. And the blue lobster found at a red lobster restaurant. And tech, gadgets, games, 3D dinosaurs, taste pops, you name it, we cover it. It's a whirlpool of news and information. Come on, take a dip in the newsy jacuzzi. <laughs> Thank you.
All right, so Pearl, what you got for initiative? One. What? What? One. How? I have a negative one. So you rolled two ones minus one. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I get to roll two dice? Yeah, I yeah, I yeah. just rolled one dice. No, no, no. Initiative is okay. 2d6 plus your agility. We'll keep it with keep the two. Okay. Another two. Okay. <laughs> so three. Yeah. Okay. Luca has got a six. The Tauros. Oh, gosh. A natural 12. Ma! And a five for the Buffalant. So it's going to be Tauros, Luca, Buffalant, and then Pearl. Yeah, that sure lines up. Luca, this is kind of what I was talking about. Boof. Boom. Kind of what I was talking about Great. So on the Tauros' turn, it is going to charge toward Lotsa as the Buffalant eyes Jackie. You all made your way, I think, probably off of your mounts to go look around a little bit. And so you all just walking have come across uh, these large bovine Pokemon who, seeing you, have just made a a beeline towards you and your uh, pokies. And the Tauros is going to, as it rushes towards Latza, attempt to use Horn Attack. And with a nine, that is going to be a mixed success. So it is only going to roll the 2d6, not adding its attack. So with the 2d6, that is going to be 8 minus Lotz's defense of 3, 5. But also because she's fluffy, huh. reduced again. So it's only 3 points of damage from the horn attack. So it charges and tries to, you know, do the bull thing where it goes to gore with the horns, but she is a stuffed animal. Uh, So it does not uh, end up being as effective as the Tauros would have hoped. That is then going to take us to Luca's turn as Latza is going to use one of her new moves. She's going to go for a force palm. Very cool. That is going to be six plus three, nine. So a mixed success. Uh, and she's using it in melee range. Uh, as a mixed success, she's just going to roll the dice damage, uh, which is going to be six. Oh, gosh. Minus uh, sizable defense from the Tauros. So that's one double to two points of super effective <laughs> fighting damage. As lots of uh, being fluffy is a two-sided coin. <laughs> um but that is uh, her turn as she is up close now, uh, which is then going to bring us to the Buffalant, who is also going to charge Jackie and similarly going to try for a horn attack. You wish. That is a 13 total. So a full success. Ah, with max damage. Uh, so that is going to be 18 minus Jackie's defense. So 14 points of normal damage. Oh, yeah, that was what I was talking about, Luca. And I need for Jackie to tough it out plus might. Oh, man. Uh, five. Five. Ooh, a failure. She gets knocked down, which is going to give the Buffalant advantage on its next attack unless she goes to, you know, try to get up and, and get out of there. Uh, but that then takes us to your turn, Pearl. He's getting up in action? No, that would just, like, use your movement. Part of your I'll movement get up. To get up. Great. That's fine. Karate chop. Great. Go to roll the hit with Karate Chop. 2d6 plus might. Nine. Great. Nine is going to be a mixed success. So go ahead and uh, roll the damage for that Karate Chop, which is 2d6. Seven. Minus its defense. That is going to be two double to four super effective points of fighting damage. And then we... Four. (laughs) Oh, man. They have good defenses. Would you like to do any uh, any extra actions or anything like that, or is that at the end of your turn? That's it. Cool. All right, then back up to the Tauros 8 to try to use Stomp against Lotza uh, and is going to hit dealing 7 halves because she's fluffy. Four points of damage. And then on Lotza's turn, she goes to uh, try another Force Palm as she's just right up there under it trying to uppercut and punch in there. And that is going to be a 12 total. So she's going to add her attack now. After factoring stats, 9 double to 18 points of damage to the Tauros. Uh, oh, wait, that's good. Yeah, 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 good because it's to the Tauros. Oh, cool. Yes. So she Stop! punches up. 
And that is going to then take us over to the Buffalant, who also seems as though they're pretty in sync, is going to try to stomp down on Jackie. That is a 9 plus 2, 11. So that is going to be 7 points of normal damage to Jackie. And then we are back to Jackie's turn. Let's try arm thrust. Great. Roll to hit with arm thrust. Five. Ooh, five total. Oh, that's going to be a miss, unfortunately. She goes to uh, get around it, but the hooves are keeping her from getting a good shot uh, at the meaty torso of this bouffalant. Anything else on your turn? I'm good. Okay. Hang in there, Jackie. I know. I'm off my mojo. Pancham. I think it's because I'm brushing my teeth, too. <laughs> then back up at the top, the Tauros just continues stomping down with an 11 total is going to deal another four points to Lotza as being fluffy is really, really saving her bacon right now. And she tries to skitter underneath the Tauros and try to uh, get an advantage, try to sneak up from behind. You know what's a word I'm not totally fond of? Skitter. Anybody else? That was hard to hear. You just imagine just the little no, stuffed animal just... No, I don't need to imagine. Just on those soft little paws. I mean, I don't mind that Pokemon specifically. It's just the word. <laughs> that is an 11 total for Lotsa. As she is going to, coming up from behind, deal another 10 super effective points of damage to the Tauros. As she comes in with a force palm. And then it is back to the Buffalant, who is going to try to shape the field. <gasps> but fails with a six. So I think that uh, Buffalo was trying to shape the field plus might. Uh, so I think that by trying to just uh, cause a ruckus, kick up some dust and stuff like that to give an advantage to uh, itself and the Tauros uh, was trying to do so. But with a failure, does not get to add any tags to the field, but rather uh, you and Luca now get to add two tags to the field. So you can pick from the might list what you would like to add. Uh, I'll let you pick one and Luca can pick one for y'all's side. When an opponent is within your melee range or starts their turn there, uh, they got to tough it out plus might or take uh, 1d6 damage of your type on a failure or half as much on a success. When they use moves of their type that are melee or mid-range, your Pokemon and ones of the same type can roll the dice twice, take the higher result. If somebody tries to move away from you, it's more difficult. If the other Pokemon are rolling damage, they got to roll twice and take the lower result. If an opponent tries to get into your melee range, it's more difficult. Or you choose an ally and that ally gets a plus one bonus to might-based attack rolls. Oh, we both have to do... You and Luca can each get one because on a fail, the opponent's side gets to add two tags. Yeah, I would like that. Great. So you and Luca are both adding M1. Whenever an opponent gets within your Pokemon's melee range or starts their turn within that range, they got to tough it out plus might or take 1d6 damage of your primary type on a failure, half as much on a success. Cool beans. How does that look? Like, what do Jackie and Lotsa do to shape the field in that way? Is it just that they keep on putting themselves in more ideal positions to try to get little, like, sucker punches in while the large bovine Pokemon are not paying attention? What are they doing to gain this advantage as the Buffalant has been stomping around trying to make things work in their favor, but it has not happened? Can Pearl do it? Yeah. Okay, Pearl saying like, oh gosh, I still just feel so weird, um, gets an electronic coffee grinder out and starts to grind coffee to make a, you know, I think this is a problem. And the coffee grinder scares the pokies <laughs> to stay there. And Sid, like, they're like, whoa, whoever these people are, they're really strong. So you're doing, like, the opposite of a city slickers. Exactly. <laughs> you do. I love it. Thank you. And if you haven't seen that scene from that movie, please do. It's one of my faves. <laughs> it is a great scene. Great movie. All right, that is then going to take us to your turn, Pearl, as the Buffalant done messed up. I want to try an arm thrust again. Great. Go ahead and roll to hit with arm thrust. All right. Tiny Tinies did me right. 11. Great, 11, a full success. So your arm thrust does hit. So go ahead and roll that damage and you do get to add your attack now. Ha 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 ha. Four, and then can I go again? Great, so uh, four plus, what is uh, Jackie's attack? Eight. Great, okay, eight. Yeah, eight. So minus defense, that's gonna be three double to six points of super effective damage and then uh, roll a d6. If it's uh, four or higher, you get to go again. Ah, uh, two. Two. Ah, so she just gets the one in. 
Cool beans, cool beans. That is your turn as Jackie's just maneuvering around as the Buffalant is uh, distressed by the coffee grinder. Uh, it is then Tauros' turn who starts off having to tough it out plus might and succeeds with a 12 total. So uh, Stuffle does not get an extra hit in. And then it does fail on its attempt to do a horn attack with a three and a one. So that is only a six total. Does not manage to horn attack Lotza. But then Lotza is going to shape the field. Uh, again, trying to grant a advantage to Jackie. And that is six plus one and then plus three, a full success. Since on a success, you can add two to your side. She got a full success, but she doesn't actually want to get rid of the ones that y'all have because that extra fighting damage for free is nice. Uh, so instead, she's just going to add one to y'all's side, but she's going to add M6, uh, and Jackie is going to get a plus one to might-based attack rolls moving forward for the next few rounds. As she's just sort of like swinging around the place, she's actually just hopping up onto the Tauros and trying to, you know, hit it and stuff, but also is like, stop! And just making its awful, uh, just a screech that does not seem to match uh, its tiny bare body. It's blending in with the coffee grinder. Like, <laughs> yes. What? And the Buffalant is just very, very distressed by the whole thing, giving Jackie an opening. But that is Lotz's turn, and then the Buffalant fails its tough it out plus might roll. So go ahead and roll 1d6 fighting damage for freebies. Four. Great. Four double to eight points. Booyah! Of fighting damage. Excellent. That is then going to allow us to actually do Buffalon's turn. Pearl's working now on a French press. Nice. Uh, still just, the grinder's still going, but at this point you, you have moved on. Yeah. And you're like, you got this, Jackie. Yeah, um, keep it up, keep it up. That is going to be a full success for the Buffalant Stomp, though, as that is six points of damage to Jackie. And then Ouch. it is Jackie's turn. Can I do an action to see, like a bonus action to see how, how much Spitfire this Buffalant's got right now? Like how many HP it has or something yes. like that? Great. So you would like to discern traits as an extra action. I suppose so. Great. So go ahead and to discern traits, roll 2d6 plus logic. Six. Ooh, unfortunately, that is a failure. On a 10 plus, you can ask two questions and get a plus one on your Pokemon's next move. On a seven and nine, you can ask one. But on a miss, the Pokemon immediately does something unpredictable. And I think that the unpredictable thing that the Buffalant does is try to scoop up Jackie in its horns and just toss her up into the sky to just get her off her guard and uh, in a vulnerable position. And it's a mixed success. So I'm going to say that Jackie flies up into the air as the Buffalant scoops her up and boom, tosses her up. But Pearl turns around in this moment and she goes, where did my Pokemon even go? <laughs> Jam! Uh, and Jackie is coming down, but I'm, so I'm going to say uh, that for just this next round, that extra plus one from Lotza will not be part of it. Uh, but because it was a mixed success, Buffalon is not going to get any bonus to try to hit Jackie. All right, I see Jackie flying, and I go, oh, Jackie, I karate chop! As she comes down. Great. As she comes down, she goes for the karate chop. Roll 2d6 plus might. Um, six. Ooh, total? Unfortunately, that is a miss, and I think that she just lands in the afro. <laughs> oh, guys! Ah. But then, on the Tauros' turn, gets a mixed success to avoid as Stuffle does six points of fighting damage from the Shape the Field, and then Tauros uh, is going to try to horn attack Stuffle and just toss her away. A full success for the horn attack, uh, dealing another four. Keeps on seven or eight, rounded down because of the fluffiness. Tosses Lotsa off a little ways, like five feet off, and she just very unnervingly uh, with those blank oh. eyes uh, just uh, starts skittering back. Ugh, the skitter count goes up. <laughs> Real, like, Toy Story horror. <laughs> oh, uh. <laughs> But Why she's so are you cute. This in the world? But she's so cute. Is she? She's cute, but she's also very unnerving. But then on Lotz's turn, she goes for another force palm, which is going to be a mixed success with an eight total. Oh gosh. She deals 
four points of damage to the Tauros. And then the Bufalant is going to attempt to buck this Pancham off of its afro, because how dare you? So it's going to go to use a Fury Attack uh, with a mixed success. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Dealing one point of normal damage and only hitting once. And then we are back to you. Oh, after Bufalant gets a mixed success on the tough it out roll. So free fighting damage. Roll 1d6. One. So it'll still be two because you get at least one. But then on your turn. We're going to do work up. Great. So as an extra action, you're going to use work up. And it just looks like um, Jackie's sturdying herself, getting out of the afro, bending her knees, getting rooted to the ground. I'm doing Tai Chi in the back. Nice. <laughs> and I'm sipping coffee at the same time. Great. So that's your extra action. So then what would you like to do as an uh, actual action? I guess lend a hand. Great. So she's, she's going to try to set up lots a little bit. Sure. Great. So go ahead and roll. Uh, I assume that uh, since you're trying to help her with attacking, we'll do 2d6 plus might. 12. 12. Cool. With a 12 on Linda Hand, you give her a plus two to her next roll. Nice. So you set yourself up to get more focused in, and you also help a friend. What's she do? She like hock a loogie at the Tauros? How's she, how's she lend a hand? In uh, only Pokemon language, only energy is stood by Pokemons, uh, Jackie just looks to Lata and says... No mistakes. <laughs> she says no mistake, and Lots is like, no mistake. Yeah. <laughs> nice. That is your turn then, which is going to take us back up to the Tauros, who gets a mixed success on that tough it out roll and takes two points of fighting damage as Lotza is like climbing on top of it, uh, attempting uh, <laughs> with this no mistake, trying to, trying to get up to get that good hit. And then uh, it is going to attempt to use a horn attack to try to get her off. Uh, full success is going to be another four points. Four points Bye. of damage. And then she is going to, on her turn, uh, as she continues screeching, uh, much to the dismay of the Buffalant, she is going to do another force pop. And that is gonna be 11 plus your extra two uh, is gonna be a 13 as that is eight double to 16 points of super effective damage as with a big force palm, boom! She comes down on the Tauros as she continues her awful screech. The Bufalant gets a failure on its tough it out roll. So go ahead and roll one D6 of fighting damage. One. Two super effective points as Jackie just gets like a quick little jab in before she does something after the Bufalant's turn. The Bufalant goes to use another horn attack with a full success of 10, dealing seven points of normal damage to Jackie. So as she's been knocked out of the afro, comes down, and then that is also the end of that shape the field benefit for you all, as the coffee grinder has stopped, and now it is your turn, Pearl. I have a, a lawn chair. I'm sipping a coffee. I say, okay, good job. Bend your knees. Um, let's try another karate chop. 11. 11, a full success. Yes. So go ahead and roll plus your attack stat. Eight. Eight total. Uh, so that's going to be six super effective points to the Bufalant. Great. Meanwhile, we come back up to the Tauros, who goes to Stomp Stuffle once again with a nine deals six points of damage. We broke the four streak, but as it stomps down, Stuffle is going to attempt to shape the field plus might as once again with a nine plus three, 12. And she is going to add, she can't add the same one twice, but she is going to do, aha. Uh, she's going to add M1 for the Tauros, which is whenever the Tauros is in melee range, uh, it's got to tough it out or take the damage like we had already. But Stuffle is also going to add the shape the field move. Might number two, which is when they use moves of their type that are melee or mid-range, your Pokemon and Pokemon of the same type can roll the dice twice and take the higher result. So whenever Stuffle or Jackie use fighting type moves, they get to roll the damage twice and take the higher one. That's pretty cool. And that is her turn. I like it. As she continues screaming. That is then going to take us to the Bufalant, who tries another fury attack and just barely with a seven is going to hit, dealing one point, but then hits again 
for another one point and then does not hit again as uh, um, it does not uh, get a couple of great hits in, just sort of two small scratches, uh, two nicks against Jackie as Jackie takes two points of normal damage. And then it is Jackie's turn. Okay, I'll try arm thrust. All right, arm thrust. Go ahead and uh, roll to hit. Roll to use a move. On eight. Eight total? Mm-hmm. Great. So that is going to be a mixed success hit. So go ahead and uh, roll 1d6. Five. Great. And then go ahead and see if you hit again. Oh, it's three. Okay, great. So you deal two points of damage to the Buffalant as these things have got some some stocky defenses. They're also big honking chonkers. That is your turn. That is going to take us back up to the top with the Tauros, who once again continues its attempted stomp with its mixed success deals. Five points of damage to Lotza as it also fails its tough it out roll, taking four points of super effective fighting damage as Lotza is just playing on this thing like a jungle gym. And then on her turn, oh gosh, I haven't been keeping up with her PP like I'm supposed to. So I'm just gonna call this the last one. Since it is a tier two move, theoretically, by, by default, I've sort of given them uh, certain amounts of PP just across the board. Ah, well, no, it's it's ten a day for those, so she's probably got a couple more. But she goes to attempt to use a uh, force palm once again. Force palm. Ha ha! With an eleven, deals. Oh, ha ha! She got to roll the damage twice and take the higher one because of the shape the field effect, which I think was just screaming louder. Uh, and also just, she has gotten to where she is on the back of the Tauros now. And although she's getting bumped around by it, you know, moving and shaking, uh, rodeo style trying to get her off by yelling like that and uh, climbing around is how she's distracting it enough. But that is actually gonna be 18 points of fighting damage. Nice. Ha ha. And then the Buffalant attempts to stomp and does so with a full success against Jackie, dealing 10 points of normal damage to Jackie, and then it is Jackie's turn once again. Okay, we're gonna do a karate chop. A karate chop with your plus four. Thank goodness. Whoop, whoop. 15. Whoa, nice. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, so that is going to be the full amount of of damage, dice, and your attack modifier. So go ahead and roll that 2d6. You can roll them twice and take the higher result because of uh, lots of kicking and screaming. Ooh, second one on double sixes, 12. Whoa, nice. And I add what? You add her attack. Uh, that's 17 then. Great. 17, Woo! a big hit. Okay, all right, I think I still got it. Minus its defense, 12, but double to 24 points of damage. Way to go, Jackie! Chim chim! You're definitely getting an espresso after this. In fact, who am I kidding? Have one right now! She walks over, gives her a tiny cup. Jackie downs it as fast as humanly possible, and then I run out of the field. <laughs> yeah, the Buffalon actually looks really bad right now. That's right! And the Tauros, similarly. That is your turn, which takes us to the Tauros, who gets a mixed success to avoid the damage, so it takes four points of fighting damage, which is enough, actually, to KO the Tauros nice. as it was barely hanging on uh, with its big hunk and chunk of hit points that it had. Well played. As Stuffle uh, just reaches down and... Uh, just right center mass, she she pulls out this just little stuffed palm and just boom, hits it right in some kind of pressure point, and the Tauros releases a and this time does buck her off as she falls over in the direction of Buffalant as the Tauros runs off. It is then Lotz's turn, who, as that has happened, is going to continue trying to shape the field by becoming a nuisance to the Buffalant now. She just comes to try and give it a big hug to get it in its way uh, so that Jackie can get an opening. And with a mixed success of an eight is going to refresh M6, giving Jackie that boost and 
because Luca has the general feature, Shape the Field, uh, he can choose the tags that the opponent gets when you get a mixed success or a fail on Shape the Field. So he's just going to have Bufalant get the one where Bufalant can roll the damage twice and take the higher one. But that is going to be Lotz's turn as we come back to Bufalant, who is very distressed and at this point just stomping around, does get a full success to hit Jackie with eight points of damage, and then mm. it is Jackie's turn. All right, I'm hoping for another good karate chop here. Nice, a big karate chop. Karate. Karate. 14. 14 to hit. Mm-hmm. Excellent. A full success, so roll your damage. Uh, that's 11. All right, 11. So that's going to be six, double to 12 points. How does Jackie KO this buffalant? Downs the espresso, feels great. Turns around, gives Pearl a wink, and then just does a beautiful karate chop into the sky. <laughs> uh, she does. She gets that upward karate chop. Hard to do. Normally, you're coming down with them. But she with this yeah. upward karate chop actually, like, knocks the buffalon upward. Uh, its front hooves are in the air. It's Freeze frame that. Boink. Yeah. Uh, as she jam, comes up with uh, lots of just screaming in the background. Stop. And the bouffant, as it gets knocked back, sort of like flails back a bit and finally lands on the front hooves again and goes to gallop away as well. Nice! Um, Seely comes, gives Jackie a towel, some water, same with Latza. And uh, I say, whoa, well, that was a good morning battle. Anybody else? Woo! Yeah, no, that was, wow. Cows, man. Cows. They be mooing and they be shooing. Right now, you're yeah, I exactly, should have another cup of coffee. Exactly yeah, correct. Yeah, I should have yeah. another cup of coffee. And guess what? What? <laughs> With the hat, we get to do our first EXP distribution. Wow. Here it comes. It's EXP. I'm going to do it on air the first few times so that y'all know how it works. So, Here it comes. Uh, those EXP. are actually pretty dang tough. They don't have the widest move set, but man, they are they are some thick beasts with yeah, high honking. defenses. Yeah. They're honking chonkers for sure. So, the way that our EXP uh, works here is that there's a, a list of things that we'll go through uh, to determine how much we're getting. Buffalant and Tauros are 1E Pokemon, which means that they're uh, on par with tier threes, like three A's and three B's. They're hefty. Uh, So that is initially worth three experience. They were also leveled up a good little bit. So that's an extra plus one. So that's four for each one. And then both of your Pokemon are tier ones. So you get an extra plus one for each tier your Pokemon is below the opposing one. So they were each two below. So boom, boom. So that is a total of six experience for Lotsa and six experience for Jackie. Which for them is great because that's over half a level. That's awesome. Excellent. Excellent. They're working their way on up. Working my way on up. (laughs) So with that... Lucas says, wow, yeah, no, cows are, cows are a lot. You doing all right over there, Jackie? Lotsa, oh, you okay? Jackie's doing great. She feels good after the espresso. She's doing some laps around Seely. Seely's just clapping. <laughs> Feeling very pleased about the whole thing. She's like, I beat up that cow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that big bull. She doesn't realize how much damage she took. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, yeah, <laughs> what was she at after that? Uh, she was in her 20s. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah she got knocked down a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only thing that was keeping Lotsa alive was the fact that she's fluffy. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I absolutely love that. If it was not for that, she would have been taken out a long time ago. <laughs> oh, man. Well, with that, you all continue riding along, making your way further toward the west in the direction of Criminy City. Uh, and the rest of the afternoon goes by and you begin to transition into an area that is a bit more barren than the Ponostroma Plains. As you continue making your way westward, the heat definitely picks back up. It's not quite as cloudy as it was yesterday. And additionally, the terrain is getting more um, like scrubland, badlands, more so than like the plains themselves. Things are browner. You're seeing more of those uh, 
familiar cacti of the plains, but also just more cacti in general and less, uh, you know, various shrubberies and things like that and other trees and things as you are continuing making your way out to this uh, rather dry part of the region. And as you uh, are going through there, Sully says, yeah, so uh, we're getting within a day or so now uh, since we're actually, we've sort of transitioned from being on the southern part of the Podostroma Plains to now being in more of the northern part of the Deathcap Desert. Yeah, that lines up. <laughs> so uh, at least this lets us know we're getting close. So. Is the name Deathcap because of a mushroom? Uh, yes, actually. Are you serious? Well, like most things in the region, yeah. What? Did you not realize that most things in this in this region are named after mushrooms? Hold on a sec. What? Yeah, no. Like most every sort of major location, a, a city or something here in the in the Kanoko region, uh, is Kanoko na- a mushroom too? Well, it's it's a word for mushroom, yeah. Why did they never teach this at boating school? Luca, what even is my last name? I feel so weird today, but good. Wait, what's like your last name? In a good and weird way. I feel like I'm learning, I'm growing, I'm adapting. This whole place, we're living in one big mushroom. Yeah, it's like some sort of like mushroom kingdom almost. Nah, Regan, I guess. Far. That's no, too that's far. too far. No, 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 no way. That's that. Forget I ever said it. Crazy Forget talk. I ever said Crazy it. No, 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 no. But yeah, no, it's mostly mushroom things. Real talk, though, for a second. <laughs> um, I did have a similar moment to this in my own life the other day. <laughs> and I knew that, I, for the record, I did know that this was a mushroom theme, and I've always loved it. But I do think someone can go through their life and not realize things like this. 1,000%. 1,000%. Would you like to share your example? I'm kind of so embarrassed (laughs) that I don't want to share it. But I will. Okay. So, guys. Florida. I always thought Florida had, like, not I'm so embarrassed to say this (laughs) I always thought Florida had like coastal terms to it right it totally does like the Gulf of Mexico bays coves (laughs) marinas there's a whole language there okay intriguing right I'm playing a character on a cruise ship I thought the term panhandle was a legitimate coastal term that meant something like that there's mm, I, I don't know it's just a geography thing right that's all it ever registered to be like oh yeah yeah the Florida panhandle that's a coastal geography term I never realized it's pan handle like the handle of a ording pan No one ever told me that that's what it meant. And I am struggling. I'm struggling (laughs) that it took me this long in my adult life to realize that that's what that was referring to and that it wasn't a geographic term. I looked it up in Wikipedia and they're like, yeah, there's multiple panhandles of different islands and stuff. That kind of comforted me. A little bit. It's like... I'm scared. All I'm saying is I'm scared. That I went through that long of my life. So I feel like Pearl is having that moment right now. Yes, where she's like, wait, what? What? If you've ever had a moment like that, don't be afraid to share it. I'd really love the support. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, speaking of mushrooms and panhandles and and all that jazz, uh, as you all are... uh, continuing to make your way westward and you're just kind of looking around getting the lay of the land even further go ahead and uh first of all do you want to try to look around for anything specific as you are you know going keeping an eye out you're getting into the later part of the day now as you're making your way into this northern part of Deathcap desert uh it's getting to be later afternoon and probably you know before too long you guys will settle in for the evening yeah i'd love to find a safe place Great. Go ahead and survey environment then. A uh, 10. A 10. A full success on your survey environment. Nice. You get to ask two questions from the list. What happened here? Is this area safe? What's hidden here? Am I heading in the right direction? And is there a resource here I can use? 
I would say, can I tweak it? Where is the safest area? Yeah, yeah, I would yeah. say so. Yeah. And then, um, is there a resource I can use to make something more safe? Nice. Okay, I have an answer for this question, but first, roll 3d6 for me. 13. 13? And then will you also roll 3d6 for Luca? Sorry, Luca. Nine. With a 13 and a nine, as you look for a, a safe place to settle in for the evening, you are just keeping an eye out. And overall, it's gotten to where it's pretty barren out here. But up ahead, distorted by waves of heat off in the distance, you can't tell if it's trees or rocks or something or other, but there seems to be some sort of structure up ahead. We go there. But up at the structure, you see, one, some sort of creature flying above, and two, some movement below. So the answer to your question is that up ahead looks like a reasonable place for shelter, and the thing that you would do to secure it would be to clear it out. <laughs> so as you all make your way toward this potential oasis or mirage or something unpleasant... She pours one more espresso. You pour one more. It. <laughs> that late afternoon espresso. And says, Woo! All right, just found out this whole place is a mushroom. Let's go! And that's where we'll pick up next time. <laughs> Also, Justin, thank you for the tiny dice. I promise I won't hoard them all and I'll give them to the correct people, but today I'm using all of them. <laughs> she was like, today, all of the tiny dice for me. But I will not. I will give them to the correct people, I promise. She will give the uh, the sporty, burgundy, fashionable ones and the normal, natural gray ones to their respectful owners. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> Bye. Are you looking for high-quality, family-friendly podcasts? Shows that are safe for younger or more sensitive listeners. Podicon Go is a reliable corner of the internet for the kind of podcast that everyone can enjoy. From educational programs to conversational topics and incredible storytelling and role-playing shows in a variety of styles, themes, and age groups. Podicon Go is a group of independent podcast creators dedicated to creating high-quality programs that provide family fun for everyone. Visit podicongo.com for an ever-growing lineup of shows complete with descriptions and ways you can listen. Connect with the Podicon Go family-friendly podcast network on Facebook and Twitter. P-O-D-I-C-O-N Go. It's podcast fun for everyone. Podicon Go. Thank you for listening to Postcard from Poor on Quest Company Junior.